Since the launch of House of X and Nick the Arrow of X-Men, and certainly throughout my cracking Krakoa exploration of X-Comics, the possibility of Krakoa as an alternate reality is a popular and potentially exciting theory. The ambition and vision of Professor X, Magneto, Martyr McTaggart, and Mutant Kind is grand enough that it begs the question whether all this change is really happening in Marvel's core Earth-616 timeline. Today I'll answer, is the Krakoa era an alternate reality? Who are the Omega-level mutants most likely to play a role in the Hickman-era alt-universe? And if there is an alternate reality in play, what should it look like? Welcome to Kraken Krakoa number 57. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. If you like CBH YouTube channel or podcast, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing. Links to channels and Patreon support are included in the show notes. You can find full X-Men and comic book reading orders over on ComicBookHerald.com. Spoilers for discussed comics may follow. Is the Krakoa era an alternate reality? It won't surprise me in the slightest if an alternate reality is in the works for a future state of the X-Men line, or even a future event. Truly, I look forward to it. That said, I don't think that we're, what we're reading right now, House of X, on into 2020's Dawn of X comics, is an alternate reality. My reasoning is more practical than narrative. If this is all part of an alternate reality, it would imply the entire Marvel Universe is also locked within this reality. After all, we have already seen the Krakoa era referenced in non-X-Men comics such as Valkyrie or Black Cat. I'm cataloging all those significant references, by the way, in the Dawn of X reading over order on CBH, so let me know if you see something missing. While that would be cool as all get out, I just don't think that level of line-wide coordination where all of the Marvel Universe is an alternate reality is very likely. Let's take one example, Empire. The upcoming, apparently now weekly, Marvel event includes X-Men tie-ins, which means the series very, very much occurs in the same universe. There's no denying it. If Empire occurs in the alternate reality of Krakoa-era X-Men, that means two unlikely scenarios. One, somehow the comic's history of this alt-reality is identical to the past of the known Earth-616, and two, the major universe-wide event happenings of Empire will be in a presumably tentative reality sent to be changed at a future date. I'm here for it if it happens, but that's a whole lot of coordination that would definitely shock me. Otherwise, I can at least see the reasons people might think Hickman's X-Men is already an alternate reality. For starters, House of X is a callback to the 2005 Marvel event House of M, in which Scarlet Witch, at the urging of Brother Quicksilver, created an alternate reality in which Magneto ruled the world, mutant kind was generally dominant, and Wanda tried to give literally everybody what they wanted. For example, Peter Parker is happily married to Gwen Stacy, and Uncle Ben's doing just great. Likewise, Hickman makes considerable callbacks to Wanda's famous No More Mutants, which led to the decimation of mutants, and Wanda's newfound status as the Great Pretender. The era is certainly top of mind. Similarly, there remains broad skepticism that the X-Men's behavior is aligned with the heroes we've known them to be in the Marvel Universe. I don't really prescribe to this theory. As Cyclops says in House of X number 1, did you think we were just going to take it? But an alternate reality would offer an easy out here and allow for the return of the real X-Men by run's end. Again, I highly doubt this outcome. A mild alteration on this theme that I prefer would be the revelation that this Charles Xavier is actually one of the evil Charlie X's from the Greg Pak written Extreme X-Men during the Marvel Now era, but again, I think it's more likely that Moira just, in her own words, broke him. This is a different version of Charles Xavier than we've seen to date. So no, due to the integration of Krakoa into the broader Marvel Universe, and the fact that the skillful execution of the status quo shift simply fits in Marvel Comics, I don't think Krakoa is an alternate reality. Not a hoax, not a dream. Again, mutant kind reacting in this specific way to decades of fear, hate, and abuse does not feel to me in any way unbelievable. I do think 
an alternate reality is in the X-Men's future, though. And I also think we've already been given many clues about how it might take shape. That's what I'm interested in exploring for the remainder of this episode, looking at Marvel's Omega-level reality warpers and a handful of other players who could get us there. Before digging into the players, it's worth taking a step back to reconsider what it even means to be an Omega-level mutant. Prior to the Hickman era of X-Men, Omega Level was tossed around somewhat liberally, and generally just taken to mean really, really good-looking. No, really, really powerful. In House of X number 1, Hickman writes an Omega Level mutant is a mutant whose dominant power is deemed to register or reach an undefinable upper limit of that power's specific classification. The known list of Omega Level mutants is reduced to 14, and Omega Level mutants are defined as the greatest natural resource of Krakoa. For my money, keeping this list relatively tight is a great call. One thing that really stands out to me, though, is how many of these players can manipulate reality. It's a clean 28.5%. There's four of them. Let's go through them one by one. First, Legion, David Haller. His Omega Power, Power Manifestation. Realities Created, The Age of X and The Age of Apocalypse. Arguments in favor of a major role. Well, he's missing in action. We don't know where he is. That's suspicious. He's the son of Professor X. Coming out of the House of X, this obviously matters quite a big deal. And... The Mike Carey run of X-Men that I talked about in my, my Cracking Krakoa on Mike Carey and X-Men Legacy is a major influence on, on this title, and we know that's where Legion created the Age of X and was also a supporting player after that point. So not only is Legion's power a likely factor in any reality altering, but his connections to all these major players in the Hickman era of X-Men is hard to ignore. Aside from the obvious, Professor X, Moira very much took care of Legion on Muir Island, and the personality that manifested in the Age of X straight up took the form of Myra to make David feel safe. On the other hand, Legion is also responsible, well, while under the influence of the Shadow King, for killing Destiny. Uh, and there have been allusions to a shared psychic relationship between the characters. So if you really dig into a Legion, uh, you know, like history of that character in the X-Men universe, and of course there is a Legion reading order over on CBH, there's a ton of connective tissue here that could lead to another role for Legion. But I think, again, I do have to point out, he's a fairly obvious pick because he's done it before. Which brings us to number two, Jamie Braddock. His Omega Power is reality manipulation on a quantum level. He has not created uh, any realities lasting enough to be given a name, but he's absolutely toyed with reality in the past. So what are the arguments in favor of him playing a major role? Well, he's a total wild card for starters. He's working with Apocalypse in the pages of Excalibur, and he was taken to Muir Island for rehabilitation during 90s Excalibur issues. I think it's around like the early 70s uh, of Excalibur, which means Moira has had her hands on him. So Apocalypse didn't place Jamie on the throne of Otherworld by accident. I'm not sure it'll get directly referenced again, but the last time Jamie ruled Otherworld or thereabouts, it was in the pages of Uncanny X-Force, and it was as a corrupted future version of himself known as the Goat, a sorcerer hellbent on straight up devouring the multiverse. Betsy had to kill Jamie that go around, and I could definitely see him playing a major role in Apocalypse's plans moving forward. Other reality warpers, Proteus, Kevin McTaggart. Omega Powers, reality manipulation on a psionic level. Realities created? Well, nothing by name, although he has reality hopping experience via his time spent, his underrated time spent, on the Exiles team, actually. Arguments in favor of a major role? Well, he's already part of the Krakoa 5, bringing about the resurrection protocols on Krakoa, making sure that all mutants are brought back to life. He's Moira's son, which of course is the biggest connection, and historically, Proteus is kind of a loose cannon. Uh, he's rarely operated on his own terms in a significant enough way where 
you know, he would be the the reality warper, but I could definitely see him being in the mix again because of those significant Martyr McTaggart connections. Speaking of being on his own terms and creating realities, Franklin Richards, his Omega Power is reality manipulation on a universal level. Realities created, uh, a whole lot of them. Heroes Reborn after the Onslaught era, an event in Marvel Comics of the 90s, uh, and possibly this one? <laughs> after Secret Wars, the 2015, just in the 2016 event, written by Jonathan Hickman with incredible art by Isad Ribich, Franklin and the Fantastic Four are sort of left behind in the in the multiverse, omniverse, whatever you want to call it, and Franklin's powers are creating universes, yet again, sort of setting things right after Secret Wars and everything ends. So the very Earth-616 that we know right now is partially a product of Franklin Richards' power set. So arguments in favor of a major role, well, besides what I just mentioned, Hickman's Fantastic Four. He's already done a lot of work on the characters. He's already done a lot of work on Frank Franklin Richards, in particular in future versions of himself. He mentions the team in House of X number one, and Franklin basically gets his own mini in X-Men Fantastic Four as the, you know, he's the most powerful of this, this entire Omega level mutant set. If anybody's the odds-on favorite to create an alternate reality, safe for mutants, it's definitely Frankie Ballgame. Uh, it makes a whole ton of sense. I also can't avoid noticing there are four designated Omega-level reality warpers. All we need is one more, and we'll have a new The Five, a group I like to refer to as the Omegas, in what is clearly revealed now is my long con to pitch a Marvel book. Marvel, you can find me at Comic Book Herald. Seriously though, in both Carrie's Age of X and now House of X, there are groups known as the Five that keep the system functional. It's probably just a coincidence, but you read enough X-Men comics and these things start to feel like absolutely planned necessities. The idea of five Omega-level reality warpers working together to create a new reality that will stand, right, instead of just loose cannons on their own terms, something like Legion in an Age of X that can fall apart, you bring these five together with their complete control over reality, maybe you have something that sticks. Could this be a part of Moira and Professor X and Magneto and whoever else is involved, Sinister Plants? I like to think that it could. Other technically non-Omega level mutants that have created some version of reality in the past, leaving out Scarlet Witch for the sake of consistency, include uh, Moira McTaggart. You know, so in theory, sort of, she's created nine realities just through living. Every implication is that when Moira dies, a lifeline ends, and that reality is no longer accessible to anyone. But the actual specifics here are still a bit cloudy to me. I've been pitching my theory that the Zorn and Rasputin from Moira's ninth life are likely to reappear via black hole travel, which would quite literally punch a hole in the idea that there's no travel between Moira's lifelines. I'd like to see it, but it would all of a sudden overturn the fact that, wait, are these, can we travel between these different lifelines of Moira? How does that work? Ultimately, the easiest alt-reality reset button is Moira turning off the console in the middle of a huge L and restarting the game with a shot at Life 11, although, again, per Destiny's warning to Moira, the 11th life isn't even assured. You know, Destiny's language, I think, in House of X number 2 was, you might have an 11th if you play your cards right, and that's a huge gamble for Moira to take if that is where this series is ultimately moving. Other players who could play a role? Well, you have X-Man, Nate Gray, created the Age of X-Man in 2019, right before House of X and Powers of Ten launched. Given the recency of that event, I think there's approximately 0% chance that Nate Gray returns and tries his hand at a new reality, but we can't discount the fact that Age of X-Nate may be involved. For starters, we don't know where he is. 
and as I discussed in the Hickman's X-Men time gap video, Age of X ends with Nate and Magneto discussing some very ominous plans for the future that I could very much see impacting the road that X-Men comics take here. One of my favorite ideas here is Jean Grey, the return of Jean Grey as the White Phoenix of the Crown, an idea from Grant Morrison and Mark Silvestri's concluding arc, Here Comes Tomorrow, into X-Men number 151 to number 154. While the White Phoenix of the Crown isn't a reality warper per se, in New X-Men, Jean is able to use her abilities to reach back and change the past to prevent a dystopic future. I have little doubt there's a lot to come regarding the Phoenix, with Namor recently looking to weaponize the cosmic entity in the pages of Avengers, and Hickman teasing the Phoenix's power in discussions of galactic societies. I don't know exactly what shape that will take, obviously, but the idea that you know we know Morrison's run is a huge influence on Hickman, probably the most influential. Um, the only thing that would come close is the Mike Carey run on X-Men Legacy. So the idea that he would want to pull this sort of idea, and especially the White Phoenix at the crown and that design, uh, that appeals to me a lot. I could see that playing for sure. Finally, other players who just seem like the sorts who might be involved in these kinds of shenanigans, uh, Zorn and Zorn, the, the brothers, two, you know, we have one of them out there in a black hole. And, of course, as I have centered here on the YouTube screen, good old Nimrod, he's definitely going to be around. All right. Perhaps most importantly, let's name the new alternate reality. Age of X seems like the obvious choice, given House of X and Powers of Ten, but of course, that's already taken. There are two naming conventions that I think would generate the legacy excitement Marvel wants. It would be House of Blank and Age of Blank. Here are the names that I like. One, Age of Sinister. Two, The Moira Millennium. Three, House of Richards. Four, Days of Future X. And five, Legion in Juice. I think I would love to hear your ideas for naming the new alternate reality in the comments. <laughs> Please do so. If you have questions, predictions, theories, thoughts, names for what this alternate reality should be, whether or not you think we are, in fact, reading an alternate reality of X-Men comics. Again, please share in the comments. I'd love to hear your ideas and thoughts and feedback. Always super appreciated. Um, you can you can definitely participate there, or if you're listening to the podcast, you can leave a comic uh, comment over on comicbookherald.com. And if you want to leave a comic, too, listen, that's up my alley. Patreon support for Comic Book Herald is provided over at patreon.com slash comicbookherald. Uh, supporters at the Mysterious Benefactors tier get a shout-out specifically on these YouTube videos. I want to thank Eric Hodges, Jeff Zacharias, Ron Paul Kirkley, Jesse W., Slatron, Robert Mickelson, Professor Pride, and Steve Brennan. We have some new uh, patrons to add to this list in the coming months, and I appreciate all of that support as well, as well as everyone who's donating at a uh, lower tier level, or, of course, all of you who are just supporting by sharing and liking and commenting and um, keeping the Comic Book Herald enterprise up and running however it, it suits you. So again, I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at comicbookherald.com, at comicbookherald on social, and look for the best comics ever and my Marvelous Year podcast. We do have a new podcast out. It's called My Ultimate Year. If you want to read the entire Marvel Ultimate Universe with us, please consider checking that out. It'll be one episode a month. We share all the comics that we're going to read in reading lists and the show notes and on the site and a handful of easy places where they're free to play along and, and read along with us so again if you're interested in reading the entirety of marvel's ultimate universe which starts in the year 2000 and runs through 2015 check out my ultimate year to everybody else thanks for listening and as always enjoy the comics <laughs>